It's June 19th. We're reading through the Bible. We're in Nehemiah chapters 9, 10, and 11 in the Old Testament. And we are seeing here this great celebration in chapter 8, you remember, of the Feast of the Booths or Tabernacles. And it's like a camping, joyful celebration, uh, remembering God's deliverance through uh, the wilderness wanderings of Moses' time. And now, of course, God's deliverance of bringing them out of Babylon. But all of that joy gives way in chapter uh, 9 to the reading of the word, the conviction of the heart, and great repentance and confession of sin. So that joy is much like in James turned to sorrow and mourning uh, because there's an awareness of sin which is a great thing because it sets them up for a covenant that they make here in chapter 10 of sealing their names on a commitment and if you read through that commitment the commitment was made the resolve was made to obey the Lord to give to the Lord to serve the Lord I mean these financial commitments even are a reflection of their devotion to God and it was a uh, just a great lead-in to a time of saying we are going to follow the Lord. It's much like at the end of Joshua where they say, you know, you got to choose who you're going to serve. And now they have, as they reassemble in Jerusalem, a great opportunity for a fresh start after the Babylonian captivity, and they are going to commit themselves to doing it. Chapter 11 is the list of all the leaders by name. It's a little like Chronicles. We get a bunch of names on a page, but remember each one of those names was a leader in Israel, in this case, that were honored and um, dignified to be a leader of people to influence the people for good in this very critical time in Israel's history and then a bunch of villages even listed uh, places where there were settlements and uh, where they were and what their names were and that was an important part of resettling the land um, with these 42,000 uh, people. Uh, and our New Testament reading is in chapter 4, the first half of chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. Uh, we're still coming off that scene of Peter and uh, John, who are now um, having to defend themselves before Caiaphas and Annas and the priestly family. The Sanhedrin had called them together to answer uh, for what was going on with all this preaching in chapter 3 because that paraplegic was healed. And of course, in this text, they have to say um, in response, and we're going to see this develop in response to the uh, Sanhedrin that say you can't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. Uh, you just can't do it. And uh, they're going to have to disobey them, of course, because you can't be obedient to God and keep that commandment from the uh, Jewish leaders. So uh, they were really put to the test here. And in the middle of all that, you can see the most offensive thing that was said to them, I'm sure, was that salvation is found in no one else except for Jesus Christ. That very exclusive statement there in Acts chapter 4 that we read today that uh, we still preach today. There's no, no other way to be saved. This is the only name uh, under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's the name we must preach even in our day as unpopular as it may be, and uh, we get a great example set for us here in Acts chapter 4. Our community imperative is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 4. This is the thing we want to make sure that we're doing with each other, and in this case, it's a negative statement of things that we shouldn't be doing. In this case, it has to do with things we shouldn't be saying. And let me read it for you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4 says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Well, there's a positive statement, but the negative statement, let's focus on that, that we should, here's how I put it, do not use crude or rude language. Do not use crude or rude language. We just should not be, as Christians, ever known for that. 
I mean, I think of all the settings in which a non-Christian should be able to come into our church. Maybe it's a Compass Active or something, a basketball team that we're having or a, you know, a, an activity or maybe it's the, our mountain biking ministry or something or even navigating motherhood. People come in from the outside, these non-Christians, they should never hear among us those edgy uh, jokes or the filthiness or profanity or outbursts of uh, expletives that come out of our mouth that are crude or filthy or vulgar. Uh, that kind of profanity is nowhere to be found and should not be found among the people of God. I don't care what they talk like at work or at school or whatever your setting is, you cannot learn those kinds of words. You've got to be hard on yourself to say, nope, that cannot be a part of the way that I speak or talk. I shouldn't be using the Lord's name in vain. And if you've been around me as a friend of mine, you know I don't even like the substitute words, right? I don't like that we even get close to it, right? If, if I'm not supposed to say, um, you know, Michael as, a, as an expletive, well, I certainly wouldn't want you to say Mickle. I, I don't want any sound-alike words either. I, I think that just, we don't want to get as close to this as possible without, without saying it, right? The gosh and geez and those kinds of, of phrases. I just think we need to discipline our mouths to come up with other ways to engage in an expletive. Uh, you want to hit your thumb with a hammer and say something, say, you know, I don't know, say something. Say, uh, you know, call out the governor's name or something, but don't use God's name. Don't use uh, obscenity. Don't use profanity. Don't use crude jokes. Uh, be careful what you laugh at. That develops sometimes the things that come out of our mouths. So, I put it this way, don't use crude or rude language. Instead, there ought to be thanksgiving coming out of our mouths. And that's an important reminder as we converse with each other today and this week. And as you remember that God would have us have a distinctly positive kind of vocabulary as we talk to one another. 